just when we thought it was safe to be a kid again, part two. Welcome to Hidden Agenda on Grand Fork's Best Source. Our show today brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says, Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And make sure you call now for snow removal this winter. We got a dose of that over the weekend, that is for sure. Hey, any questions or comments, feel free to give us a call or a text. Our number here at the studios at Grand Forks Best Source is 701-213-0863. Again, 701-213-0863. You can follow us on Rumble uh, with any of your questions or comments if you want to... uh, Hang along with us, okay? Uh, let's do it. It's time for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. So uh, my friend thinks he's really smart. Uh, he's really smart, he thinks. He said, onions are the only food that make you cry. Onions are the only food that make you cry. So I threw a coconut right at his face. Oh, man. He didn't even give me, he didn't even give me the time of day on that one. Thumbs up. Okay, he gave me a thumb up. How's that? Okay. Uh, coconut right at the face. Right in the melon. Uh, a couple of things we want to talk about, like we always do, hidden agenda. Uh, Joe Biden's disapproval rating at an all-time low of 53%, or should we say an all-time high, 53% disapproval, 40% approval rating. Uh, Biden camp accusing pro-impeachment MAGA Republicans of uh, taking marching orders from Trump. He, he, blame it all you want and all that stuff. Um, here's something that we might be talking about a little bit later on in the show. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton Uh, Or no, not this one. Uh, But anyway, uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says pharmaceutical company Pfizer may have lied about the efficiency of the COVID-19 vaccine and the effectiveness could be as low as 1%. 1%. Or maybe none. Yeah. And here's what we might be talking about later. Uh, Arizona Sheriff Mark Lamb says immigrants who illegally crossed the border into Arizona are being handed $5,000 in good as cash gift cards along with cell phones and even plane tickets. How about that? Uh, Carbon emissions. I looked at that. uh, Changes since 2000. Everybody thinks the world's falling apart. Uh, China's carbon emissions changes since 2000, up 208%. India, up 155%. United States of America, down 10%. Europe, down 16%. Also, uh, got a quote. I found this (laughs) kind of by accident. I think it was when Joe had first got into to politics or whatever, but um, he actually said this in 1974. This is an actual quote from Joe Biden. It says, don't assume I'm not corrupt. Don't assume I'm not corrupt. Really, Joe? And I just want to throw this in. Uh, Kevin McAllister, since it's that time of the year, Home Alone, the movie. We all know Macaulay Culkin, a great movie uh, from back in 1990. You remember when he went to the grocery store by himself? His grocery list came to $19.83 back in 1990. Last year, that same list, $44.40. This year, that same list that in 1990 was $19.83 is now $72.28. How about that? Uh, Don't forget uh, the shrinkage, too. Everything that he bought, there was more in the package. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. (laughs) 
Uh, how are we doing today? David, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, John? I'm good. You seem awfully laid back today. Well, I've got a lot to cover today. So okay, all right. Try to, try to save my, uh, my energy and, um, and, and, and just stay focused and get through it all. Mm-hmm. Paul, how are you? Good. Good. So last week, uh, you know, by the way, I do on, on those little bullets that you just uh, mm-hmm. ran through, what, what's the point of uh, carbon emissions? We're up, we're down, they're up, they're uh, way up. We're, what's the point of that? Uh, it's for all the people that think the world, that we're <laughs> destroying the world and we don't care about it and pollution and all that stuff. And, and, and I mean, let's, let's, you know, China doesn't <laughs> give a rat's butt about well, anything, and, I don't and, think. And, well, they... We shouldn't either. What is carbon dioxide? It's one of the four primary sure. building blocks of life on this planet. Mm-hmm. Here, let's do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a little carbon capture. Watch, watch me. You just saved a tree, <laughs> or or killed a tree, or there you go. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And, and you're turning red. <laughs> whatever happened to save the rainforest? No, that no, no. I just did carbon release. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> No carbon. You know they 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 uh, nurseries uh, where they grow, not not where they not where they put children, but where they grow plants. They intentionally pump carbon dioxide into the nursery into the greenhouse. Why do they do that? Why pump a planet killing gas, a toxic gas? Why pump that into a greenhouse? To make the plants grow. To make the plants grow. Yeah, that's right. Because carbon dioxide makes plants grow. So the same wackadoodles who are telling us we've got to cut down on carbon emissions are also crying that the rainforests are being destroyed. Just think about it for a minute. Thought about it. So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, so it's, so the, so the carbon agenda is the, 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 the the climate cartels. Mm Mm-hmm. Are, they don't care about the planet. They don't care about global. They don't care about anything other than their own agenda. And right. their own agenda is controlling you and your lifestyle and making sure that they take away the things from you that you would need to live comfortably because they want to be the only ones that live comfortably. So that's their agenda. And we can either help them along with it by buying into their nonsense. Sure. Or we can say, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. By the way, it was, it's come out in several different news uh, uh, sources that uh, Americans are rejecting the push towards electric vehicles. Oh, yeah. Well, in spite of massive incentives and government subsidies and, and all that stuff, well, you're saying, no, no, I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to do that. Well, you know where the electric vehicles is, uh, what the plan is for those. And so once they can get everybody into an electric vehicle, then they put the smart meter switch in your home. And then they can control how, how far, much, how, how much, how much you travel. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It makes no sense when you look at the ingredients of the batteries and, and how much it takes. Tons of stuff to make a couple hundred pounds. Uh, and the thing is, now these batteries, people are finding out, you know, oh, I've got an electric car. Yeah, yeah. Three years later, when you need a new battery, batteries cost more than the damn car you did. Buy- and people are like, well, you never told me that. Well, yeah, try selling that used yeah, electric yeah, car. Yeah, good luck once, with that. Once the batteries are yep. toast. And then yeah, you wonder why it. our landfills are getting filled, you know, and full. 
Well, what, what's happening is that all of it, this whole green agenda, is not only not green, it's brown. I mean, the, if we implement the policies that the globalists, the, 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 the climate czars want us to implement, it will destroy the planet. I mean, I'm, 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 that's, that's not an opinion. <clears throat> According to experts, it will destroy the planet. The, uh, the toxic uh, results, the, the toxic waste, the, the solar panels, uh, how do you get rid of them? Because they don't work forever. How do you get, where do you get rid of the wind turbines? You don't. The, where are the, the, the big blades that they make here you at, don't. in town? They're fiberglass. Yeah. How do you get rid of all the batteries once they're no good? I mean, th- that's toxic. That's a lot of toxic material that's got to be stored somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a reel of some guy that uh, was feeling really stupid about buying his uh, electric bike. Cause, <laughs> so it, he's got his GoPro on or whatever. And first off, you know, a bike, I think the whole purpose of it is to not... To get exercise, right? yeah, to, to pedal it, <laughs> use but, muscles. But yeah. he was riding it, and the thing lit on fire. No kidding. And so he had to bail on it and just wrote, like throw it into the you know the side of the berm and just watch this thing just go up in flames. Wow. And you know you can't put out those batteries like without no. a fire truck, oh, yeah, right? And so right. he was like, yeah, six thousand dollar you know smart bike. That was really stupid. You know they are actually there's um actually some people in Grand Forks right now uh, that have worked on um, something that. We'll be able to take these wind turbine blades and turn them into fuel. Uh, they will be able to burn them. Oh. Uh, I think the patent is out, but I'll tell you more when I know about it. Uh, okay. It's something my wife's been something working on for a few years for, now. For years, yeah, right. uh, with an actual rocket scientist and a couple of other mad scientists. But um, supposed to take pretty much everything. You don't have to separate it, throw it all in there, burn it, and you can turn it back into reusable fuel. So uh, we'll hope. But uh, right now, That's you can hope. drive around. If you, if you drive out in the country... And you see an open lot out in the middle of nowhere, and it's got all these turbine blades out there. Those are all junk. Yeah. They just, they don't have anywhere to put them. So they'll go rent a chunk of land from a farmer that is probably not very good or tillable, and they'll go fill it with these stupid turbine blades. Right. And the amount of energy that it takes to make a turbine blade and to make a tower, and the amount of power that they put out, and the, the amount of energy that they produce. Compared to the cost mm-hmm. of produce, of making the, the towers throughout their life cycle is what they produce in terms of, of electricity is lower than the cost it is to sure. produce them and run them yeah. for the yeah. 20 years that they're actually functional. Yeah, and they still need oil and petroleum products yeah. <laughs> and all of that stuff to actually work. Yeah. And, and a semi to drive it there yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i want now wouldn't that be that would be something let's let's pass a law in north dakota that says that you can't transport windmill turbine blades with a gas-powered vehicle it's got to be electric yeah (laughs) let's see that especially in the winter and let's see right let's see how many of them are are stuck on the side of the road we'll meet you in 40 miles and recharge (laughs) you there buddy yeah i saw it i don't know the exact numbers on it but they were uh uh, interviewing a trucker, and he was, and they were talking about you know having electric semis, and he was like, I mean, that's a great idea, you know, if they could figure it out. But right now, to make it a an electric semi, the weight of the batteries alone oh, yeah. would be the only thing that the semi could pull. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People don't realize. I mean, just pick up a regular battery. You know, they're they're heavy. Yeah, even a car battery. Okay, imagine. The electric cars right now, basically the whole entire bottom of those cars are battery. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, you're talking thousands of pounds of battery just to run a car. And, yeah. and, and again, we all know how battery life doesn't last here when we get below zero. What would, what would we do? <laughs> I mean, no, like, it's, and yeah. place that it's very cold. They, uh, there was someone who was talking, I someone was just talking about this. They're promoting it. Say now, if you live in a very cold area, you're not going to get quite the mileage that yeah, you quite. would because you know. Well, you'll get sixty percent. Yeah, you'll lose forty percent mm. of your of your traveling capacity because you have to heat the car. You know, yep. you've got to stay warm inside the car, so that's going to take battery power to yeah. do that. Yeah, or if you live in a very hot area, uh, so you don't swelter, so you don't pass out from the heat, you're going to get less mileage because you got to cool the car which takes electricity to the battery and then imagine uh, how many charging stations there aren't around here yeah so say we get a 30 below weather 30 below zero weather or 20 below whatever and all these cars know they're not going to make it very far so next thing you know all of these cars are lined up in line to use the charging station and their batteries are going to start dying while they're waiting in line. And then pretty soon the line's going to be twice as long. And just, people just don't yeah. think about this stuff. How do, you, how do you jump an electric car? You know, that, you're right. it runs out of juice. I no. mean, <laughs> hey, that, there could be a whole new industry. Guys that, that line up and that charge 20 oh, bucks yeah. to push your car to the charging station when it yeah. dies on or, the way. Or have a, have a charging station on wheels. That's, and yeah. if you, oh, right. uh, you know, like go. AAA. Yeah, but right. you know yeah, that could be their whole new thing, or a generator pull, uh, pulled by a horse and buggy. Yeah. You know the whole the whole. The, if I didn't know better, I'd say the whole point of this thing was to was to paralyze and cripple Americans yeah. from living the lives that that we've gotten used to, and and bring down industry. I'd say that the whole point is to make sure that we don't have the freedom to go where we want to go when we want to go there and to be able to travel. Because cheap, available energy is absolutely required for prosperity. You have to have it. Cheap, available power, right? You can't have it without that. No. How do they do it 2,000 years ago? They didn't go to GM. They, they used slaves. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's so you get a bunch of people and you force them to do the labor for you. So back then it was muscle power. We don't need slaves anymore because we have machines to right. do that mm-hmm. work. And so people can become very, very wealthy and, and, uh, and live, you know, we live so well in America, we don't even realize how well we live in America. Turn a switch, the oh, light comes on, sure. turn a knob, the water, fresh water comes out, uh, push a button, uh, the house warms up. Oh, I think I want it a little bit warmer. Push a button a couple more times, gets a little bit warmer. I mean, sure. no chopping wood, no no stoking a fire, none of that stuff. No cleaning out an ash pan. I mean, some people that have indoor wood furnaces can do that, but we have no idea how good we have it. However, some people don't have it so good, and, and those. let's just jump right back into it. Uh, last week, the the title of the show was The War Against Children, and I think that we need to, uh, to just finish that up. We talked about um, these... People who even work in, you know, there's this, uh, this we talked about the, the man shoes and syndrome by, by proxy, and now they're, they're, they're retitling it trans hues and uh, trans housing syndrome by proxy, where, where parents are actually promoting transgenderism in their children, in many cases, because they think that it boosts their social status, right? Jeez. Oh, so... I mean, that's about as perverted as it gets, yeah. right? Let's, let's mutilate our children because it makes us look better in the mm-hmm. eyes of society. Mm-hmm. 
I have a question. I mean, if I could talk with one of these trans activists, I'd want to say, what makes you think that having male chromosomes and male body parts and everything biological on you says you're a male, but in your brain, you think you're a female, why are we not calling that mental illness? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we diagnosing that as somebody who's confused or mixed up or has emotional or psychological problems? Why are we doing that? Well, you, you would approach them a little different than me. I would say, what makes you think that I won't punch you right in the nose <laughs> for doing what you're doing to your child? Your children. Right. But I'm saying, right. For the, but but if, if a child truly has this, this problem, this mm. syndrome where they think that they're the other gender the the other sex than what their biological sex clearly is why are we diagnosing that as a mental illness yeah. and treating it mm-hmm. because that's what we used to do uh, yeah it used to be that the, it, you know tr- historically that was something that took place in boys boys who didn't feel comfortable in their bodies or they felt more like they they had kind of feminine feelings and the majority of the time, that all went away when they after they hit puberty. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of worked itself out. If somebody has multiple dis- uh, personalities, that's a yeah. mental illness, that's correct? Mental- yeah, it is. And so, you know, if I decided that I'm, you know, John today, are you are you expected to call me John? You know, on Tuesdays and then on Thursdays, I'm um, Sarah you're, you're, you're- and. And Friday's your Paul again. Yeah, and I come in uh, and I show up as Sarah, and you, oh, well, that's acceptable because you're just, you're in the wrong body. But when you're John on Friday, that's that's a mental disorder. You know, Paul, yeah, that's a really great point um, because because what it it obviously points to is how do we determine what's a mental disorder and, and what isn't? How do we, who chooses what's normal? Who says this is normal? Well, apparently the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, thinks that they say what's normal. Apparently a bunch of wacko professors at these liberal universities think that they get to determine what's normal or what's healthy. When are we going to start calling drug addiction normal and healthy? When are we going to start, you know, why? Here's what, you, here's what they do. Um, you take the word phobic, which means fearful, Right or that you've got a fear of something, and you just attach that to any word that you want to normalize. Uh, you're homophobic. Oh, oh, no, I'm not homophobic, right? Uh, you're transphobic. Yeah. Oh. You're Islamophobic. Right? Anything that they want to push down your throat and, and normalize, uh, they just add the word phobic to it. So, um, so why not... Why not just cover the entire spectrum of addictions and, and come up with the term addictophobic? I mean, I just mm. thought of this this morning. Addic- you're addictophobic. <clears throat> well, well, that guy, he's like, he's addicted to porn. Oh, you're just an, you're, you're addictophobic. That's what you are. <laughs> Portophobic. <laughs> no, no. He, yeah, right. Or pornophobic. Right, right. But addictophobic would be uh, alcohol, drugs, porn, any addiction that is unhealthy. Probably all addictions are unhealthy, but let's just say that any addiction that's unhealthy, oh, you have a phobia against that. So that you're yeah. just you're just you're just intolerant. You're hateful. 
you're not compassionate. That's insanity, but that's exactly the way that our culture is going. And that's what we're, we're expected to believe that and think that way. But these small group of people, they get to choose what things are normal and what things are not normal. So there's really, if, if, if we keep going, there will be at some point no definition of mental illness. <clears throat> Last week we talked briefly about art and what people call art. And, and I crumpled up a piece of paper, remember that? And I oh, said, yeah. this is not art. But today... If you listen to these, these eggheads on these university campuses, they'll tell you anything can be art. Well, you know what? If anything can be art, then nothing can be art. Did you see uh, the, the deals last week about, like, the Penn State president and all yes. that? About uh, yes. She quit. She stepped down. You know why? Well, because she should have. <laughs> no, because they were, they were going to fire her. Oh, yeah. Well. So they... They gave her the option, you're going to get fired, yep. or you can resign. So yep. she resigned. At Penn State, fine, but what about at Harvard? Ms. Gay is still there. They yep. decided to keep her on, and she's not stepping down. Yeah, well, did you see uh, Penn State also brought in uh, uh, what's the Bud Light guy that ruined Bud Light, the guy that thinks he's a 13-year-old girl? Yep. He did a big thing there and made a buttload of money doing it, but then they wouldn't let Riley Gaines speak. Mm-hmm. Who the one that is a you know she's, she's the one that got beat by a she got beat by a male a, in a girl's swimming meet and she complained about it. Oops, yeah, big mistake, no, Riley. No. There, uh, I think it was uh, Bongino that pointed this out, and it, it's hilarious because they said you know does calling for the uh, the genocide of Jews classify as bullying and uh, hateful speech on campus? Right, and they said in in, in the in the context of it, it depends but, on the context. But he said, but now. If you add in, if they use the incorrect pronouns of the person, then it is considered that. So oh, you right. can say it all you want, but if you classify that person by the wrong pronoun, then it's hate speech. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, they're completely <laughs> hypocrites. They're, they're complete hypocrites. And we have to call them on it. Obviously, Ben Shapiro calls them on it, and there are others that call on it. We try to call them on it. Uh, but everybody needs to call them on it. I mean, if you work in that industry, if you're another professor, you need to stand up. You need to stand up and, and, and take some heat and say, no, I'm not going along with this agenda because it will destroy us. It, this, this is a Trojan horse that will completely destroy America, and there will be no going back. Once America's gone, there's no going back. We live in a surveillance world, and, uh, and to be able to do the things that our founding fathers did in order to gain the freedoms for us that we have, uh, we won't have another chance to do that again because the opposition is just too powerful. I still think it would be fun, though, to see somebody like Dylan Mulvaney try to swim against these girls. <laughs> he probably see him dog paddling about three laps behind everybody else or whatever it is. Um, Crowder, he actually uh, pointed out, like, why aren't people talking about, you know, the, also the mental disorder that, that Dylan Mulvaney has? Yeah. Because he's, and he's not talking about, you know, the, the tranny thing or anything. He said he's anorexic. If you were to look, if you were to look at him, and he were to go to the doctor, and you say, "How much do you weigh?" Forty, one hundred and forty? No, forty. Well, I'm trying like, to look like a thirteen-year-old girl. Yeah, you he's know? obviously got an, an eating disorder. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right is wrong, wrong is right. Healthy is sick, and sick is healthy. <laughs> that's well. that's the world we live in today. So. Um, so let's so let's just let's just clear this up, and we'll go back into some of the stuff that you were just mentioning. Um, there's a review that was done. Uh, UK gender clinics eventually uh, these uh, what is it the, uh, the the 
the Tavistock and Portman Gender Clinics. They blended into one, and then they eventually, um, the government closed them after review to determine that uh, use of cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers for patients was not good. So they did this review, and the review found no solid evidence that treatments benefited the patients. Wow. There was no evidence that the treatments that they're doing, puberty blockers and, and, and transition surgeries, benefited. Of course they didn't. No. They just fed into a mental illness. And then they did physical harm on top of the mental. So the people are already mentally ill, and now they're going to do physical harm to them as well. Just imagine you're depressed, and they say, oh, you know what? It's probably because your nose, you got a big nose. We're going to cut your nose off, and then maybe you'll feel better about yourself. Because <laughs> almost this big schnoz hanging yeah. there in the, you know, in the middle of your face. So we'll just do that. That, that. That's insanity. It's the same thing that they're doing. Oh, Oh, you think you're a girl? Well, we'll cut your penis off. Yeah. Well, okay. It, what, you, what you just said, though, isn't that an actual term? Cut your nose off to spite your face? Yes. Yeah, it is. Hmm. It is. What it means is... Okay. It means you're dumb. It, means you're dumb. <laughs> it does. That's what it means, John. I mean, that is, in yeah. a nutshell. Yeah, it, it basically it's like means saying oof duds. It's got a like, million different it, meanings. It's like saying you're angry with your face, and so in order to get back at your face, you're going to cut your own nose off. Yeah. That's, what right. it, that's essentially what it's saying, which is stupid. In other words, you're doing something destructive to yourself just because of how you feel on a certain day about something. Well, and it's you're stupid. angry at your penis, so you're going to cut it off. But you're, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's insanity. <laughs> it really is. It's 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 insanity. It's perverse. It's demented. It's warped, and it's very cruel because these kids cannot go back. You cannot you cannot do surgery and go from what they do to mutilate someone from to, who's who's a boy, turn them into a girl, which they can't do because guess what, their anatomy isn't designed to do what the anatomy is designed to. Women have a very specific anatomy, and God designed it to work in a very certain way so that it maintains a, the, the, the reproductive organs of a woman, maintain a specific pH, they maintain a specific temperature, they maintain there's a flushing system to keep them clean. Men that have surgery or boys that have surgery have none of that. They have none of that. All they have now is a cavity in their body that is a breeding ground for bacteria and virus and fungus and, more, and all kinds of nasty stuff. And by the way, I'm not just making that up. That happens. One of the things that guys that transition have to deal with is the stench that comes from their groin because they don't have the anatomy to make that work. Well, Sorry to be at, a little graphic about that there. What, I mean, at what point do people go to the surgeons too and say, at what point in your life did you decide to pretend to play God? Yeah, exactly. That's right. And I think, and Paul, I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, on last week's show, I think somebody made, I think, John, you were saying that the parents should be held responsible for these decisions, not, not the insurance company. I think the surgeons should be held responsible. Yeah. I think that they should be brought up on charges of, of genital mutilation of children if they perform, perform any one of those surgeries. No surgeon who has an ounce of sense or even a modicum of morality would do that surgery on a child. No surgeon. And I would, I, would, I, would, I would go even further to say that no surgeon that has an ounce of decency would perform that kind of surgery even on an adult because they're dealing with people who are mentally ill. Right. And you don't... Go, you, that's like taking... Would you... If, if someone is addicted to... Come up with some drug. What would be the drug uh, of choice? Uh, crack, cocaine. So would a surgeon, if, if you're addicted to crack, 
And you go to a surgeon and say, listen, you know, doing crack the way I'm doing right now, it's just, it's just such a time waster. Can you just make a port with a little thing so I can just push a button and it'll automatically inject crack into me? And the surgeon says, sure, we can set that up for you. We can do that. I, I say that's immoral. It should be yeah. illegal. Yeah. I think it probably is illegal. But, but when it comes to this, which is actually much more difficult to fix, impossible actually. Surgeons are doing it and getting away with it. Okay, so moving on with the, uh, this is an article from the, I'm, I'm quoting primarily from an article from the Epic Times, uh, Parents' Personality Disorder Driving Surge in Trans Kids. Um, malignant Narcissism. Sam Vaknin, who lives in Europe, wrote about narcissistic abuse in his book, Malignant Self-Love, Narcissism Revisited. Mr. Vaknin, who has a PhD in physics and certification in psychological counseling, has studied pathological malignant narcissism since the mid-1990s. So he's somewhat of an expert on malignant narcissism. And he says uh, that many parents resist the idea that their child could be transgender, but some parents enjoy the attention they receive. That's what I was talking about earlier. Quote, a trans child renders them special renders them unique. He says, they think of it as a, these parents think of it as a badge of distinction. Yeah, my little Johnny's now a Sally. Yeah. I'm special. He's a Joni. Yeah. Um, that kind of narcissism is the same as MSBP. He said, parents afflicted by MSBP seek the attention of medical professionals under the guise of diagnosing puzzling medical conditions. Parents with overt narcissism may see their children as objects to be used to gain attention. That's what your child's there for, to gain attention for you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> they, um, they, 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 uh, sorry, one second. Um, they may even see their children as extensions of themselves. Children of narcissists, he said, learn to modify this is scary. Children of narcissists learn to modify their behavior to receive the approval from their parents. So that means the child is basically doing whatever that narcissistic parent wants them to do to gain their approval. Because, And that's normal for a child because all children want their parents' approval, right? How many children, especially when they're young, don't want to say, Mommy, watch, right? Daddy, yeah. watch this. Why? Because they want... To impress their parents. Yep. They don't understand their parents love them no matter what. But they want to get their parents' approval. <clears throat> In June, some pop culture magazines highlighted the public spat between actress Megan Fox and producer-director Robbie Starbuck over a social media comment he made about her three boys dressing like girls. Did you know that her three boys were dressing like girls, Megan Fox? She's got three boys. They dress like girls. <laughs> and he, he made a comment about it. <clears throat> Here's what he said. Um, we used to live in the same gated community, Starbucks, uh, Starbucks and Fox. He said, and our kids played at the park, Mr. Starbuck wrote. Quote, I saw two of them have, on, have full-on breakdown, have a full-on breakdown, saying they were forced by their mom to wear girls' clothing as their nanny tried to console them. So these kids, wow. these kids are breaking down in public because their mom is Megan Fox is making them wear girls' clothing in public, and and they they have a, a breakdown in the nanny trust. And so he says it's pure child abuse. Pray for them. 
Miss Fox shot back in a profanity. Oh, what a surprise. A profanity laced response calling Mr. Starbuck a narcissist and a clout chaser. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, she doesn't know how to speak English. She says, irregardless, which, <laughs> irregardless of how desperate you may be at any given time to acquire wealth, power, success, or fame, never use children as leverage or social currency. Wait a minute, but who's doing that? She says, no matter how desperate you may be at any given time to acquire wealth, power, success, or fame, never use children as leverage or social currency. That's what she said, but who's doing it? Yeah. She is. What? Okay. Exploiting my child. Despite what parents may say about their children's gender identities, a person can't switch sexes. That's the bottom line. That's it. Despite what parents may say, a person can't switch sexes. Mm-hmm. If you're male, you're male. Yeah. If you're female, you're female. And all the lipstick and all the surgeries in the world won't change that. Right. Your chromosomes are set before birth, and that's what you are. So either admit it or get counseling to help you understand that's the reality. Like you said last week, Santa Claus is not real. So. He isn't? Oops. I'm sorry. (laughs) I... Well, that takes the cake. Yeah. (laughs) What an intro. What a segue. Hey, you know what? Uh, There's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Oh, for heaven's cakes. First thing you think about when you think about homemade baked goods. You're going to find the best cupcakes and cakes for any special occasion. Maybe just a treat. Uh, stop in there to find out more, but I'm warning you, when you get in there, you're not going to want to leave. Uh, Oprah Heaven's Cakes, they're on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall, right around the corner here. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. Call them, 701-757-CAKE, or you can go to OprahHeavensCakes at Yahoo.com. Hey, I tell you what, be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Check them out, for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Just when we thought it was safe to be a kid again, part two. Welcome to Hidden Agenda on Grand Fork's Best Source. Yes. Back to David. Thank you, John. So, yeah, what is the hidden agenda behind these people that are pushing the trans movement? What is their agenda? What are they after? They're definitely not after the health of kids. I was going to bring his book uh, today. Walt Heyer wrote a book called The Transgender's Faith. He's the one that I mentioned uh, a few months ago who had, had... at the age of, I don't know, I think it was like 35 or 40. Uh, he had the surgery, started taking, um, you know, female sex hormones um, <clears throat> because he was coming to see he was a woman, and yet he was the one that had suffered the abuse uh, of, his, of his uncle, his aunt, and his father who beat him with a wooden board uh, when he found this dress in his, mm-hmm. in his closet, in his, uh, his, his dresser. Um, <clears throat> He talks about how miserable his life was trying to live as a woman, being a man. And the fact that he had this surgery didn't change the fact that he was a man trying to you know, act like a woman, pretend to be a woman. Um, and his website, uh, sexchangeregret.org or .com, um, he said two million people contact him and say, yeah, I did, I did the transition and I deeply regret it. I was messed up. And now I want to get back to normal. How do I, what do I, how do I do this? So, so some, there's an agenda into pushing kids into thinking that there's something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then 
manipulating and and desecrating their bodies, right? They're actually being horribly mutilated by doctors um, under the guise of compassion. You know, some of the most evil things in the world have been done under the guise of compassion. So what's the agenda there? I, I think that it's to destroy an entire an entire generation of kids to so emasculate the children, the boys in particular, that there's no way in the world that they will ever stand up to fight for you or for me or for what's right. You know, the, so um, Shapiro, he talked when this first like started, he would say, you know, my, if my uncle has schizophrenia and he thinks that the toaster is talking to him, we don't tell him, yeah, the toaster is talking to him to make him feel better. We say, no, you, we, we need to get help so you can figure out how to do that. Well, I think what kind of is going on with this as well is them trying to, to normalize it. So instead of saying, no, the toaster isn't talking to you, we just need to get uh, five other people to say that the toaster is talking to you as well. <laughs> so that way, my disorder of the toaster talking to me is normal. It's normal now, right. and, and yeah. it makes sense. That's right. But, the, but, but there's got to be a reason for a logical, rational, clear-headed person to say, you're right, Uncle Charlie, that toaster is talking to you. What did it say to you this time? There's got to be a reason for a person who knows what's going on to feed into the delusion that Uncle Charlie is suffering from. There's got to be something that they want. Maybe they want Uncle Charlie's, uh, you know, Trans Am. Maybe they want his uh, pile of gold that he's got stashed away in the closet. And they, he just, it's just a matter of time before he can get the toaster to tell him, give Paul your stash of gold and your Trans Am, right? There's something that they want because there's no reason to manipulate people like that unless you want something, right? We're trying to get something from them. And so there is an agenda that, that's being that's being pushed on these kids. I mean, there's a reason that they're doing it. And I think it's important to find out what that is. And more importantly, to find out who's doing it, right? Because what happened all of a sudden, all across the country, this is being pushed in public schools and public libraries are suddenly, it's suddenly the big thing. It's on the news media promoting it. Why? How did that happen? Was there all of a sudden... Just one day, a bunch of boy babies popped out who were messed up in the head? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's, it's a narrative that's been pushed on us by someone, and they've got a reason. Let me just finish this up quickly. Um, we talked about Megan Fox. Uh, Dr. Lee and Mr. Mr. Vaknin, are, are on, they're on top of this thing. Sex is defined by reproductive cells known as gametes, Dr. Lee said. The brain doesn't define sex, as some believe. Right. The brain does not define sex. The brain does not define, by the way, does not define what species you are either. So if you think today that you're a giraffe, not a human, it doesn't make it true. Mm -hmm. And having them... Pull your neck up and do a surgery to make your neck a little taller so that you can feel more like a giraffe when you look in the mirror. doesn't make you a giraffe. Painting stripes on your body or dots on your body 
doesn't it make you a giraffe? Stretching your legs, squeezing them to be thin, doesn't make you a giraffe. It never will. Mm -hmm. All it does is it does harm to someone who already has a mental disorder. And that's what she's, that's what these doctors are saying. Scientists have not found significant differences between male and female brains. I would, I would take issue with that because there, in certain areas, there are certainly significant differences between male and female brains. Um, the, for example, the, uh, when, a, when a, a, a man and a woman uh, hug each other, who, who, who like each other, man and woman hug each other, um, the brain um, produces uh, a chemical dopamine. that... It's not dopamine. It's, uh, for the woman, it's oxytocin. And that's the bonding uh, hormone, right? That's the bonding chemical that makes her feel close to him. And and for the for the male, it's called. Um, um, <laughs> I know it. Just it's a different one. They're they're different chemicals. Male and female brains are different. But the point that they're making here is that they haven't linked gender identity to a specific location in the brain, and that I believe is true. But the brains of men and women are, very, are, are, are certainly different. So I would, I would, I would disagree with them. Uh, some people have defined, uh, I, one, one researcher said that men's brains, brains, I've said this before, men's brains are like, are like trains, right? There's a locomotive that does all the pulling, and then there's a the coal car that holds the fuel, and then there's the passenger car, and then there's a the cargo car, and then there's the dining car, and there's a the sleeping car. And in each car, you can't be in more than one car at a time. You're just in one car at a time. That's how men's brains work. They said women's brains are more like spaghetti, which is <laughs> you got a bunch of noodles, and they're all in the same bowl, but every single noodle is touching every other noodle, right? <laughs> so with a woman, it's very easy for one, you can say something, and then that'll bring up something else, and that, because everything's connected in a woman's brain. Men, it's no, we're just in the no, we're in the dining car right now. Let's just talk about eating, okay? okay. <laughs> right? Or we're in the sleeping car, so let's talk about something else. The, that's very true. I've been at meetings where I've met with male clients and they're just men in the room. And what we discuss is very linear, it, it goes from A to B to C to D. And I've been in meetings with just women, and it's very different. It's like, it's like all over the place. I'm not saying men are smarter than women. I'm not saying that they're better, but they're very different. Mm -hmm. And the way that they discuss matters is different. And it's sure. kind of fun talking with women because you can just, you can just say random stuff and they relate to it. They still get things done. It's just not done in the same way. So in terms of the way that men's and women's brains work, uh, they are different. However, Gender dysphoria should be called sex dysphoria because it refers to someone who's confused about his or her sex. Sex cannot be assigned, Mr. Vankin said. You're born with it. Period. End of statement. That's it. You're born with it. Full stop. That's it. You are what you were born as, male or female. These doctors who write male, what? yeah, they could tell. Mm -hmm. That's a male baby. I, yeah. I think you nailed it with period. Yeah. Because I yeah. can't have one. Right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. 
It's an Alice Cooper song, right? <laughs> only women bleed. In order, in order for you to have one, you've got to have a pen or a pencil, and you can only make it on a piece yeah. of paper. Right? <laughs> that's the only kind of period you can use. Vasopressin, thank you. That's it. Thank you very much. Man, Dean is on top Dean's of Dean's on it, man. He's always on it. Yep. Yes, so the male bonding chemical is vasopressin, and the female bonding chemical is oxytocin. So when a woman, when, when a man and woman has, have sex, the woman releases, and her brain releases oxytocin, the male releases vasopressin. When a woman holds her baby for the first time, because it's a bonding chemical, her brain floods with oxytocin to bond with that child. When she nurses the child, her brain is flooded again with oxytocin. That's a bonding thing that God created so that women would be good mothers and take care of their babies, right? Uh, men who bond with women in marriage and in sexual intimacy uh, feel more uh, protective toward that female because that's necessary mm-hmm. to have a good marriage sure. and to have a good family and, for that matter, to have a good society. So God designed all these things for a purpose. It didn't just happen by random chance. Sorry, Charles Darwin. Uh, it didn't just happen that way. God made it that way so that we would live healthy and, and good, productive lives. What may look like parental advocacy from afar may be the work of medical mental health practitioners who have exploited parents, Oklahoma psychiatrists, Lauren Schwartz told the Epic Times she laid the blame squarely on professionals who have manipulated parents by telling them, and we have all heard this one, it's better to have a trans child than a dead child. Better to have a live daughter than a dead son. They're pushing that. That's nonsense. That is propaganda. That's a lie. It's deception. Yeah, what if, if they don't get a sex change, they're going to die? Yeah, they're going to kill themselves. They're just yeah, they just it's a gimme. They're going to commit yeah, suicide. Right. Mm-hmm. Except that that doesn't happen. No, right. Uh, and if it does happen, it's extremely rare. It's much more rare than people who have sex change operations. Oh, wow. Later yeah. regret it mm-hmm. and then take their own lives. Sure. But no but, 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 no no don't, don't oh, talk yeah. about that. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about people who had sex change operations and then took their lives because they were so depressed because they, they realized that they made a horrible, irreversible mistake. Sure. Don't talk about that. Why? Because it doesn't fit in with our hidden agenda. Okay. There's never been anything in medicine, especially not mental health, where we start with that, she said. Affirming the identity of children as something other than their biological sex could be detrimental to them. <laughs> Do you think? Dr. Schwartz said. It signals to children that they are somehow wrong about who they are, and it tells them that their confusion or uncertainty isn't normal. So here's what is normal. Kids are confused. They just are. Kids are confused. I remember being, when I was a little kid, I was confused about a lot of things. There were things that I liked about girls and things I didn't like about girls, and I thought things were, wow, it'd be cool to be a girl because they get to, you know, wear jewelry and i mean when i was a kid it, it, boys didn't wear bracelets or necklaces no, no. that was girl territory mm-hmm. but i thought bracelets and necklaces were cool yeah. i didn't realize it was just that particular point in time that men didn't wear bracelets or or necklaces because in generations past and for centuries past men wore bracelets and or necklaces or both uh, but just not in that era in which i was born uh, but I thought that was cool. So, yeah, kids are... And then I got to high school. Uh, no, junior high. 
My mother gave me this beaded kind of choker necklace when I was a teenager, and I thought, hey, I guess I can wear that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the point is that confusion for children about who they are is normal. Allowing children, according again from the paper, allowing children to change pronouns can make it difficult for them to reverse course and go back to identifying with their biological sex later when they're no longer confused, she said. The general population might wonder why doctors are going along with gender ideology that flies in the face of science, Dr. Lee said. In her view, gender ideology dominates thinking in medical schools, leaving little room for dissent. So it's in medical schools. How did it get there? Who put this warped, perverted thinking into medical schools? How did it get there? Let me ask this. Who profits monetarily from this whole gender dysphoria, sex change operations and all that? Who profits monetarily? Hospitals, doctors, pharmaceutical companies. Pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. So it's been calculated that pharmaceutical companies, if you've got a child that transitions from male to female or female to male, they're going to need pharmaceutical support for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives, yeah. And they've, they've calculated at this point using today's numbers... That from the time a child transitions until they die, income to the pharmaceutical industry is $1 million wow. per person. Per person, John. <clears throat> so if you can get a million kids to transition, that's a lot of ching, yeah. isn't was, it? There was a lady that was actually um, speaking in front of a board of uh, people, and it was on camera. Uh, but she worked for one of these hospitals that did the uh, sex changes. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about the amount of profit that they make off of each uh, kid that they bring in. Right. So, I mean, and they were like, yeah, and this is like how we're going to, you know, this is how we're all going to get rich. Yeah, right. So at the expense of the children. Mm-hmm. And they're going to call it compassion. Yeah, Compassion. But it's a travesty when parents or doctors allow children younger than 18 to make life-altering decisions based on sparse research, Mr. Vaknin said. He argues that a more cautious approach would limit the procedures available to parents until at least age 25 when the brain is fully mature. Yeah, your brain's not even fully mature until you're 25. For some of us, it takes even longer. Uh, adolescents don't know, uh, don't have what's known as an identity core. He said, that means they don't know who they are yet, and they're still changing in response to peers, family, and education. And I would add social media. The part of the brain responsible for executive function is incomplete before age 21. Executive function refers to the higher level cognitive skills used to control and coordinate other cognitive abilities and behavior. Behaviors. When you're an adolescent, you try everything, Mr. Vaknin said. To render one of these experiments permanent is a crime. Anyone collaborating with this is a criminal. Amen. That means doctors, psychologists, parents, anyone who's collaborating with this and going along with it and pushing it is a criminal. What is striking, Mr. Vaknin said, is the lack of unbiased, high-quality research on transgender procedures and outcomes. Quote, there isn't a single study that has followed kids to ex- expose to puberty blockers and have then transitioned, he said. Not one. Not one study. And yet they're pushing these kids into making these 
life-altering decisions. It is criminal. Okay. That's uh, that's uh, the end of the war on kids. Well, almost. Uh, there's there's one more one more brief thing. Um, this was in uh, this week's issue of the Epic Times. New trans textbook could harm millions of kids. Critics say. Now, trans textbook. Okay, so these would be in schools. I'm taking it. Yes, but is that that's illegal in North Dakota? Correct. I believe it is. Okay. I, yes. Okay. Well, it's. I, I don't know, John, if the books themselves are illegal. I know that it's illegal for them to allow boys to use girls' bathrooms yep. or locker rooms. Or well, I thought it was the books. To, I thought the libraries too. I thought the librarians could be held accountable. Yeah, I think you're right. Like no, this. I think you're right yeah. about that. Because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the first things Burgum did at the beginning of his new, you know. Uh, his new four-year term or whatever, but um, I thought that's, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I thought it was illegal for that in North Dakota, which, thank goodness. Yeah, exactly, and it needs to be made illegal in other, I mean, other states are trying to take action to yeah. stop this kind of nonsense. Well, it's but, just it's so ridiculous. I mean, you get these parents that are bringing these books to school board meetings, and yeah. and they're they're attempting to read them, and then they won't let them read them because the the content because they're so them. perverse, yeah. and pornographic. Yeah, but yeah. oh, but they but can, your kids can read them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because um, we have um, actually gay relatives. Um, I'm friends with with gay people. They don't flaunt it. They don't want everybody else to be what they are. Right. It, it's just leave me alone. And uh, let me do what I want to do. Let me be my own. It's the same thing here. You know what? If these damn kids, if they want to do that, let them go figure it out somewhere else. Let them go get the pamphlets or, or the literature or whatever somewhere else. Our public schools do not need to be doing this and having this in our libraries. Yeah, but there is a reason that they're doing it. There is an agenda behind this, and um, and it's not has nothing to do with helping kids. Oh, I know it doesn't. Yeah, it's obviously going to be very harmful. I, I, I think that the... the the role of any adult, any adult in society, in a healthy society, is to protect the children and not to harm them. And yeah. so where are the parents, where are the doctors standing up against this nonsense? You know what? Here's the, the bottom line is that you take God out of the equation. You take God's rules, God's morality out of a society, and this is what you get. And that's why we are where we are today. Because God was kicked out of our culture a long time ago. Not, not totally. There are still pockets of resistance. But it's, um, it's more and more rare. You know, they, they, uh, when my mother grew up, she said on the, on the, you know what they posted on the walls of the classrooms where she went to school? The Ten Commandments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was there for the kids to read. You know, I went to school with, uh, with a woman named uh, Jennifer. Her father actually sued. She was an atheist, big atheist professor at UND. He sued to have the Ten Commandments removed from the school walls in North Dakota. And I, I believe it ultimately went to the Supreme Court, and they made the ruling that it's unconstitutional to display the Ten Commandments on the walls of the public schools because children may be led to read them, meditate upon them, and obey them. Can you imagine how horrible it would be if children all over the country were reading 
meditating on and obeying the Ten Commandments. You know, Think it, of how terrible that would be, John. Right. When I was in school, if I didn't want to read the Ten Commandments on the wall, I walked right by it. Yeah. Right. I didn't make a big deal of it. Right. I walked right by it. Yeah. No biggie to me. But let's, let's just think for a minute about what impact it would have on our society if children read, thought about, or meditated on, and obeyed the Ten Commandments. Let's just think about that. Yeah. That number one, they're not going to believe in any other God other than the God of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to... They're going to honor their father and mother. Mm-hmm. They're not going to lie about somebody else. They're not going to bear false witness against their neighbor, right? They're not going to steal. They're not going to kill. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take the Lord's name in vain. They're not going to even covet what belongs to other people. Oh, what a horrible society that yeah, would be. Yeah, no, I mean, are you kidding me? Going to hell in a handbag, I why tell you. Would, why, why would you not want children... To learn and think about those things. Didn't they take the Pledge of Allegiance out of the school? Well, they're too? trying they're because trying. this is one nation under school God. School board meetings and all of that. They're trying to get them all. I don't Fargo, I think, voted to have it back because they they it got voted out. But then I think they got really mad about stuff, and I and I think they have to do it again back in Fargo now. Yeah, I think they before it back a school board meeting. Yeah, right. So they, um, you know, Dr. Pepper. I used to like Dr. Pepper, but Dr. Pepper put the pledge on. It was like Fourth of July. I don't know, ten years ago, they put the pledge on their on one of the on the back of the mm-hmm. Dr Pepper can, and here is how it read: um, uh, "I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all." Took the God part took, out. Took out under God. They yep. said, "Why did you do that?" They said. Because it made it too long and we didn't have room. That's not the real Pledge of Allegiance. Well, if you're going to take some out, take out Indivisible. That has a lot more letters than Under God. Yeah, 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 no kidding. <laughs> you forgot about that space between words. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. anyway, um, so, this, so this is a problem. But listen, we're going to, uh, yeah, the war on children will continue. Hey, boy, here's, here's something that we could use. This is a rare sight these days, isn't it? Look at that. Oh, Wow. Can you imagine a young boy looking up to an older American gentleman with respect? With respect. Land of the free and home of the brave, learning what it means to be a real man. Mm-hmm. Learning what it Almost means looks like to... a Norman Rockwell. I know, I was yeah, going to say, that's a great painting. Yep. That is. Um, so so we are, we're in a special time. We're about to celebrate. There's, there are two, two big celebrations going on uh, in just a couple of weeks, what are they? First Christmas. one is Christmas. Yeah. Well, actually, the other one is actually going on right now. Here's a here's a test. Here's a little, here's a little. I'm gonna give you guys, and you can you can use a computer if you want. You can call a friend. You can. What happened in 170, 167 BC? <laughs> what happened in one? I'll tell you what happened. Yes. Very good. Yes. Yep. Dean got it. I didn't hear yeah, Hanukkah. Hanukkah I was is being say celebrated. Hanukkah is being celebrated. I Hanukkah didn't know when it started. But That's yeah. right. It started, Hanukkah started at midnight on Thursday mm-hmm. the 7th uh, last week. And But what is Hanukkah? I mean, people How the here. How did you know that? <laughs> he's smart. <laughs> he's smart. Yeah, so, so people say happy Hanukkah. Who celebrates Hanukkah? 
Jewish people. Jewish people do. And what is Hanukkah? The Christmas of lights. It's the it's the festival of lights. Oh, festival mm-hmm. of Actually, lights. yeah, it is the festival of lights. And I just knew that from the Adam Sandler song. But, but, but we're happy <laughs> Hanukkah. <laughs> but but here's the question: Where does it come from, and what does it mean? It comes from uh, in 167 BC, Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a bad guy, uh, desecrated the Jewish temple, and. So, for example, you know that pork is not, it's in, in Scripture, it's one of the unclean meats. Mm-hmm. Jews are not allowed to eat pork. Antiochus Epiphanes literally sacrificed pigs in the Jewish temple and, and thus desecrated it with pig's blood. And, um, and, then he, uh, and then he destroyed it. And so that was a horrible thing <clears throat> because the, God's people are now being... They don't have a place to worship, and the temple has been desecrated. And there were these brothers. Uh, their last name was Maccabee. And Maccabee means hammer. <laughs> hammer. It sounds like a name of a wrestler, but it's mm-hmm. the Hammer brothers, the Maccabees, um, said, we're not going to tolerate this anymore. And they, they cleaned out the temple area, and they... They rebuilt the, they, 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 I believe that they rebuilt the temple. Um, and they, there's a, there was an oil lamp, the, it's the eternal flame that's in the temple, that as they were rebuilding it or cleansing it, I, I don't remember the details exactly, but as they're doing that, um, they only had enough oil, uh, they only had enough oil for one night, but it was going to take them longer than one night to finish their work of rebuilding. And, and the legend is, and it's not written in scripture, but the legend is that it took them eight days to finish rebuilding the, the part that was destroyed. And the oil lasted eight days. Hmm. So one day of oil lasted eight days. So that was a miracle. So sure. the, the oil, the, the flame represents the, the presence of God in the temple. That was the purpose of the flame. And so the point is they only had enough oil for one day, but it lasted for eight. And so they believed that it was a miracle. That so that's God why they did. have the candle with the eight That's exactly the, right. The They've candles. got eight candles. And, um, and then there's another, there, one of the candles, the, there, there's one candle that's used to light all the other candles. So you light the one candle, it's called the shamus candle. And that candle is then used to light the others. And they light one candle on sundown for eight days to represent the eight days of, of Hanukkah. And here's the interesting thing. The word shamus <clears throat> means servant. That's a servant candle. Um, it's called, uh, they, in the Bible, it's not called Hanukkah. It's called the Festival of Lights. And <clears throat> in John, John chapter 2, 10, John chapter 10. Let's see if I can find it quickly. Uh, Jeannie said it took eight days to get the oil. Right, because they didn't have any. Oh, okay. Right. So, so the, uh, oh, let me see, that was John 10. Um, they, um, they, they called it the Festival of Lights in yeah, uh, festival of lights, and 
And Jesus celebrated that as a Jewish man and as a boy, his family celebrated uh, the Festival of Lights. And it's interesting because he stood up during this celebration and said, I am the light of the world, right? Jesus called himself the light of the world. In fact, he says, he says in, um, oh boy, I just saw it. Uh, yeah, he, um, the woman that was caught in adultery, who was brought to him and he starts writing on the ground with his finger and says, whoever's without sin, let them cast the first stone at her. And then they all left. And then he again spoke to them and he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And he says, John 10, 22. Oh, John 10, 22. John 10, 22. Yeah, there it is. Uh, the Feast of Dedication. Uh, at the time of the Feast of Dedication, it took place in Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus was walking the temple of the portico of Solomon. The Jews gathered around him, saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. And he said, I told you, and you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these bear witness of me. But you don't believe because you're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Okay. So, that's my son calling from Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect time to wrap and, uh, things up. <laughs> so, so anyway, so uh, yeah, the Festival of Lights is uh, is going on right now, uh, and um, and Jesus celebrated that. You know, there's there's I, I want to we can maybe come back to this next week. Christmas is is just around the corner. Um, so yeah, Hanukkah and Christmas are very close. It'd be cool if they were on the same. Same time, but uh, but they're not. But there's stuff going on still in Israel right now. And just so you know, here's a little teaser for, for next week's show. The end of the world starts in Israel. It's going to surround events that take place in Israel. The Antichrist takes a stand in Israel. Because according to... The Bible, Israel is the center of the world. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. That's the center of the world. Israel is, uh, is God's people. God refers to himself routinely throughout Scripture as the Lord God of Israel or the God of Israel. He refers to himself as the God of Palestine. <laughs> he doesn't refer to himself as the Lord God of Germany <laughs> or the Lord God of Norway. He refers to himself as the Lord God of Israel. The Israeli people, the Jewish people, are God's chosen people. They're his people. And so you can't claim to love God and hate his people. It's that simple. So thank you very we'll much. Thank you, John. Uh, Hidden Agenda. We'll be back again on Wednesday, a week for, or yeah, Tuesday, a week from today. I'm all mixed up. Tuesday. Hidden Agenda. Just when we thought it was safe to be a kid again, part two, brought to you today by Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SaaS dealers in the Upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. 
Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand City Mall. Well, everybody, make sure uh, you stick around. Catch City Chatter at 1 o'clock today. Get caught up on all of the Grand Fork City Council news and more. And uh, you know what? Remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. If you hit that notification bell on your smartphone, you'll never miss a show. And uh, thank you for uh, showing your support and helping us give the Grand Cities an identity by donating online at gfbestsource.com. You know, the Grand Cities, they are grand. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.